You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Good afternoon, Joe Clark. Very nice to be chatting with you again today. And to you, how have you been, Richard? I'm very good. I'm hoping we'll have uh, the last four minutes of our conversation <laughs> successfully recorded this week. <laughs> I'm confident. That'll be good. I'm confident too. Yes. Now, uh, what's been going on for you, Joe? Oh, well, I have to tell you about this moment. I just could not help but laugh. So (laughs) I I popped up to Toowoomba this weekend for just gone for my brother and his wife's housewarming at their new home. They have three small children and they'd invited some friends and family. Mm -hmm. And um, Sam, my brother, had pointed out the karaoke machine. And in my head I thought, fun, I'll never do that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but that sounds fun and they had various other activities and then partway through the night I heard this and I mean it a cacophony coming from the place where they had the karaoke set up yeah yeah so I had to go check it out and this (sighs) is what I saw I saw two small boys at the age of five playing with their trains and army and, you know, like figurines like Iron Men. Yeah. Two mums chatting on a couch, a grandma cuddling a two-year-old, but then the pièce de résistance (laughs) was a seven-year-old and a three-year-old trying to sing karaoke to songs they do not know. And it was just insane. (laughs) (laughs) And then my two other brothers, Fred and Tom, were singing along to try and, you know, get the kids going and stuff. But it was hilarious. This three-year-old was literally spinning in circles with a microphone that was amplified, making inaudible sounds. Yeah. That he thought was karaoke, and it was it was so cute. It was so cute. Anyway, we had such a great laugh because it was just fun. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. karaoke with karaoke with toddlers. I love the way you just <laughs> pop up to Toowoomba. That's uh, to, to beginning with that story. I'm still processing that casual <laughs> casual just jaunt stroll down <laughs> up to Queensland from New South Wales. It was quite um, a drive. <laughs> I'm loving picturing the karaoke machine. So it's just like a box. Is there a screen? Um, oh, it, it was like cool. a CD system that you connected to the TV and the TV had the lyrics on it as well. Oh, okay. So you needed yeah. your TV and there was, and the, the little ball was bouncing along to help you sing oh, in time? No, it was, lit, it was lit up a different colour, but oh, there were yeah. two microphones and it was very well amplified. <laughs> now, what... Me and all the listeners want to know, Joe, is what did you sing for your turn on karaoke? Oh, to be honest, I just <laughs> I couldn't. I I don't know why. I I always think of myself as someone who's a bit of a show pony, but really, when it comes down to it, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. So, and we had songs like, have you ever heard of Dua Lipa and Five Seconds of Summer? No. Anyway, there are all these songs. I was like. I think I know it from maybe from the radio. And then there are a bunch of songs I thought, I have no idea what this song is. Yeah, okay. Um, so it was poppy and it was modern. And yeah. that's not, that's just, I don't embody poppy modernness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. But it was I, fun. <laughs> yes. I've done karaoke once. Um, but yes, only went up because uh, the people organizing it got into a lot of trouble and it was a way of kindness and honor to them to oh that was that's good participate <laughs> I, I had no desire yeah but i mean i, I sung can, along yeah. that's for sure i sung along but i didn't want the microphone yeah i can yeah. i have a have a friend i can't share his name but um his he, he and his wife really enjoy karaoke and they, they just do it at home um yeah and uh, i'll never forget the day he told me then his when his wife did a 
a walk down the stairs while singing to intro <laughs> this. Intro the song. Sounds so fun. <laughs> uh, very fun. Very romantic. Um, but yeah, no, not oh, really. so good. Uh, what about you? Have you been doing fun things like karaoke uh, with toddlers? No karaoke with toddlers, but I sh- would will share with you that the soccer season has started for the team oh, I yes. coach. Yes. So um, yeah, I do coach a uh, the under fifteen. Uh, Laura Keats at the New Lampton Club. <laughs> it's not a very tough name, but it sounded no. fine when they were under sevens or eights. But <laughs> now that they're under 15, their voices are broken. doesn't sound very cool, but, you know, <laughs> we're not changing. We're still the Laura Keats. <laughs> you're not um, going to become the Hawks or the, you know, no, the Eagles or something. <laughs> no. And to be honest, it's probably it fits you know, appropriately with our skill levels. But, um, <laughs> yep, the season is underway. Um and I coach this not out of any, you know, massive passion for being a soccer coach or anything, but mm. just so I can um, have a positive influence on the team culture that my son's mm. part of. Um, mm. And so uh, it's not very serious. My strategy really is um, backs kick the ball to the mids, mids kick the ball to the forwards, forwards try and kick a goal. That's that's my strategy. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes <laughs> lots of sense. <laughs> yeah, it's simple. Um, but we've we've started. We've had we had a one nil win and which was very encouraging and then a uh, 4-0 loss which oh. was a, a reality check but yeah um, okay okay uh so yeah the season is underway a little bit of training a few games yeah, for cool. the uh, for the lorikeets so here's the question mm-hmm. do you feel like you need to execute some kind of whiz bang move where you call out you know like do the lorikeet you know move and then they go do a special move and that gets the goal like are you going to do some set plays or something like that where you, uh, yeah uh, where you we know, practice a set research. Play where somebody fakes <laughs> this way somebody runs another way there's <laughs> yeah. a flick and a pass <laughs> yeah. oh, no if you saw our training sessions it really you know have you ever you know have you run run little buds at um yeah uh, kids ministry with four-year-olds you know <laughs> it's more or less that just on an open field um so we we keep things very simple and yeah, just have good fun. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, about the good fun. So yeah, oh. soccer season. I may share a bit about how our progress goes uh, over the over this winter, but uh, yeah, that's my story. Well, uh, all the best, New Lampton, Laura Keats. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Hey guys. Joe. <laughs> oh dear, and you've been reading Daniel. Yes, yep, reading Daniel. I've, uh, I can think I started um, reading just the history of Israel kind of stuff in 1 Samuel, not thinking that I'd keep on going. But then, yeah, just keep rolling ahead through 1 and 2 Kings. Uh, I did skip 1 and 2 Chronicles. I'll, I'll read them another time. And then mm. uh, um, that's, um, I was at, uh, I was at um, the end of uh, Kings and I thought, oh, I'll just have a think about what's going on in, in the exile with Daniel. Mm. So I've been reading uh, Daniel, enjoying that. Um, and I've come to Daniel chapter 9, which a big chunk of it is actually a Daniel's prayer of confession. So uh, in mm. chapter 9, he's been reading Jeremiah. He's a lovely, it's great, a good good Bible reader, uh, reading Jeremiah and realizes that this desola- desolation of Jerusalem, the exile, would last 70 years. And so he sees this. It's interesting. There's not a great deal of explanation. It's like, oh, this should be coming to an end. Therefore, I'm now going to pray to God in uh, repentance uh, for the nation. Um, uh, mm. Yeah, so he doesn't assume, oh, 70's up, you know, tapping the watch. Okay, what's going to go happen here? He engages with God at this point. Mm. Um, and I'll just read the first, uh, of the verse, verses 3 to 5. Um, so Daniel, 
He says, I, I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, princes, ancestors, and to all the people of the land. Now, I, I just that caught my attention for, in a few ways. Um, so firstly, just as the seriousness of his prayer, um, mm. it's not just a you know knock this out on the car on the way to this or that. Uh, <laughs> it's dedicated. Um, he gives up food for a period, so this gives a vibe of taking some time here. Sackcloth and ashes, like a, the traditional kind of attire for um, grief and repentance. Um, and his prayer is, um, yeah, firstly, great honouring to God, great, awesome, keeping the covenant of love. Um, but just I, I love the way he expanded on the d- different ways of thinking about sin. He just doesn't, he doesn't say we've done the wrong thing. Uh, there's a whole terminology, a whole vocabulary there mm. of uh, sin, doing wrong, uh, being wicked, uh, rebellion, turning away from can- commands, turning away from laws, not listening to prophets, um, just a whole spectrum. Uh, he, and he's not, so he's not trying to downplay or minimize his sin. He's just naming, naming it all. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it was powerful uh, and I, I couldn't help thinking that there's some modeling of prayer going on here, uh, mm. which, um, yeah, I was uh, appreciating. So. Yeah. I'm thinking as you're reading this, as you're reading it, where it finishes with um, our kings, our princes, our ancestors, like when you, the prophets who spoke to in your name to all these people, kings, princesses, ancestors, and all the people of this land. Yeah. Is he, is he praying on behalf of all the people who've rejected because he's essentially saying you spoke to all these people it's a it's a it's a big thing that no one's listened to you essentially yeah he's using plurals like we have we have we have is yeah. he speaking out a prayer on behalf of everyone or is he speaking in a comment kind of thing do you think yeah no i think as you read is the, he's interceding is, is yeah. essentially my question yeah as you read the the whole prayer through yeah, he is. Um, it's taking upon himself a role of um, an intercessor for the nation, mm. um, even mm. though I don't, th- I don't think Daniel's a priest. Of the yeah, that's what families. I was wondering. Um, like, he's taking this specific specific role of saying, Lord, we're sorry on yeah. behalf of the people in exile. Yeah, no, mm. he is for sure. I mean, the spirit of God is in him. He's um, mm. yeah, a, a prophet. Uh, I would, yes. Uh, but, um, yeah, that, that I'm not sure if he, there's no comment on... Um, um, what in what capacity he's um, doing this, uh, mm. but he's yeah just there humbly um, confessing yeah his own sins, the sins yeah. of the people, um, pleading for the people. Definitely yeah. intercessor role, which yeah I'm, I'm, we're thinking is pointing forward to Christ in some ways. Uh, yeah, yeah, intercessor. Yeah, I can see in verse seventeen he says, "Now our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant." So he's definitely. Um, he's crying out. He's saying, "Please, Lord, hear us, and I'm your servant." Yeah, um, yeah. And that that just echoes for me when Jesus cries out um, on behalf of the people. Mm. Um, yeah, similar kind of intercession, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a great prayer, Daniel nine, um, and um, yeah, of course, praise God, He mm. does answer the prayer and to and brings. Um, 
yes. Uh, well, yes, in a, in a sort of temporary partial way, um, brings Israel back to the land. And then, yeah, I think we would say this prayer yeah. is ultimately answered in, in Jesus. Um, yeah, and yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the new covenant and things. So, yeah. So, uh, oh, my mind is going so many places right now as I think through Daniel's role in the in the Old Testament history because I'm a bit I'm feeling a bit vague. So this is really good. Thanks, Richard. That's good. yeah, no, it's good. Um, but uh, mm. and you're reading mm. some stuff as well, Joe. Yeah, what are you up to? Yes. Um, well, I've gone back to read. I read um, "Gentle but Lowly" by Dane Ortland, who we've talked mm. about before. Mm. Um, but I was feeling a bit vague on a few of the chapters, so I decided to go back on one particular one that I f- thought was interesting, mm-hmm. uh, which was Chapter 7 um, around the idea of how Jesus responds to sin. Yeah. And um, I just thought I'd comment on something that was said in the chapter because I I thought it was so wonderful and quite confronting to my perception. It, it is really challenging my perception of how Jesus responds to sin. Mm. So he goes to Isaiah 6 and talks about um, in Isaiah 6 how how sin is dealt with. I didn't find his argument there particularly clear, to be honest. So <laughs> what he says I believe is true, but I, I think I'd have to go listen again to find his argument yeah, from Isaiah sure. 6. He just sort of starts there and then I don't get it. Um, but he says something that I think is good. He says, when we sin – the heart of Christ is drawn out to us. And he's really clear in saying when we as Christians sin, the heart of Christ is drawn out to us because he's already been very clear that when an unbeliever sins, um, uh, unless they repent, they're under wrath. Mm. But he says, the purer the heart, the more it is drawn out in love and care. Um, And so Jesus, who is absolutely holy and absolutely pure, is drawn out in love towards the sinner. Whereas the person who's marred in marred in sin, they don't they don't they're not drawn out in love and compassion, and so he's essentially saying, um, Jesus isn't provoked against us when we sin. He is his pity is turned all the more towards us, mm. and that he would see us um, repenting of sin and working out of like that. His love reaction is born out of his holiness and his purity. Mm. And I just thought that was a wonderful thing to hear because so often I can imagine um, a really negative response from God, the triune God, to my yeah. sin. And when I'm reminded that actually holiness and purity is who Jesus is, but also that means godly loving reaction and a desire to see holiness in the other. And when I see that in humans as well, I, I, Christians I can think of who are really godly, encouraging examples to me, and they reach out in love to the sinner. Mm. I'm just rebuked to remember that God is holy, that Jesus is holy, particularly in this book. It's all about Jesus' nature. Yeah. And um, to stop thinking about myself in sin, but to think more about the nature of the person who's forgiving me. Mm. Um, and so I found that really lovely. And it also made me think, this is how we have confidence in the church. Mm. When the church is so marred by sin in so many different ways, yeah, we have confidence in the church that, that we can be loving to each other even when we sin and we fail because Jesus has united himself to us and he has redeemed us. And so we reach out in love because he is pure and holy and he is at work in us. And Anyway, yeah. thoughts? What do you think? Yeah, so um, it's a bit of a, a switch, isn't it, right? We, when we sin, we should 
come to Jesus as someone who's welling in love and compassion mm. for us rather than avoid Jesus in our sin because we're mm. fearing his disapproval. Yeah, and the reason is because he is pure and holy and we know that purity and holiness is like his purity and holiness means he will have a godly reaction. Like, he will have a loving mm. and his desire is to see purity and holiness lived out. You know, his desire isn't to have sin continue. It's And he turns towards us. I think the phrase I loved was his pity is turned all the more towards us. Mm. And I think, Great oh, phrase. yes, that's it. Um, rather than <laughs> he wants me to fail, he doesn't. He doesn't yeah. want me to fail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So this, this is a great comfort for us in our sin. Yes, and that's exactly right. Do you think yeah. it helps us extend grace and compassion to people who sin? Yeah, definitely. I think it's more of a corrective for me even, yeah. um, a corrective to think that I don't react in a godly way sometimes to sin. Yeah. And that's on me. It reflects my sinfulness, not yeah. my purity and holiness. Ooh, Should man. I be more like Jesus, it would be when someone sins against me, I would turn in pity all the more towards them and love mm. all the more towards them. But instead, if I react in sinfulness, it's because I'm mm. forgetting that when Jesus sees sin, he reacts in purity and holiness and self-sacrifice and love. And so it just it just flipped it for me of, oh, I want to be looking at Jesus' purity and holiness, which drives him to to love the sinner. Yeah, mm. yeah. Great. That is so good, Joe. Thanks for sharing that. Mm. That's from Chapter 7 of Gentle, chapter seven and, of and, Gentle Lowly. and Lowly. I think you could probably just read the chapter by itself. But I do have to <laughs> no, go no. back and work out this Isaiah 6 connection because that was a leap for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we better wrap up. Yes. Um, we've, it's been great talking about karaoke, yes. soccer, yes. Daniel 9, <laughs> and Jesus' compassion and purity. Mm. Um, I thought uh, message we could leave our you guys live our listeners. Um, if uh, you're thinking of yeah, if you're coming to church on Sunday, you're getting back into that church habit after uh, Omicron and yeah, all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, why not um, encourage someone to join you there? Yeah, um, yeah, send someone a message. Say, look forward to seeing you at church. I hope you can make it. Um, yeah, I think as a church community. Uh, Christian community, it'd be great to encourage, yeah, church going into, uh, yeah, middle of autumn now. Yeah, I agree. Well, lovely to chat to you, Richard. I'll talk to you next week at Reach Australia Conference. Yeah, looking forward to it. See you then. <laughs> See ya. Bye.